Good afternoon. It is the end of the week. Governing Victory Podcast. We want to share messages that have been shared from the pulpit here at America's Keswick because God's Word is an important part of what we do here. Crawford Loritz was with us for our summer 2021 summer conference. He shared some amazing messages during the week, and this is his Thursday evening message, part two. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's part one. Mm-hmm. I can't read. It's okay. But let's listen to the ministry of the word today as Crawford comes to share. <laughs> you know, as Alicia was singing that song, the thought occurred to me that the greatest thing about you and the greatest thing about me is not what we have accomplished. But the greatest thing about you and the greatest thing about me is what God has done for us. That's the greatest thing. We are sort of a living portrait of his faithfulness, of what he's done in through our hearts and lives, how he rescued us, and what an amazing God. Father, thank you for yourself. Thank you for uh, your grace and mercy. Thank you for your incomprehensible, pursuant faithfulness. Always God, always the same. You never give up on us. You rescue us, you correct us, you discipline us, but you don't leave us. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for this week. Thank you for what you have said, for what you have done. And Lord God, we pray that you'll speak one more time tonight. God, I ask of you in a very special way that you'll address the deep needs of our hearts. And Father, you know, once again, that I don't know what each person is struggling with. I don't know what will meet them tomorrow. I don't know what's going to meet me the next hour. But we know that you know. You're on your throne. Nothing takes you by surprise. And God, we pray that you'll speak to us in sweet, wonderful ways. May you give us the ability to focus and concentrate. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank everybody here. This has been a wonderful, refreshing week. Now, full disclosure, full disclosure, uh, for those of us who travel and speak, there are some places you go, uh, the week is as if it's a month or six months, and you say, it's, is it just Tuesday? And, uh, but this has gone by so fast. It has been so wonderful. My heart has been enriched and filled up hearing the stories of God's mercy and grace in the hearts and lives of our sisters and brothers and the fellowship that we've enjoyed. And, and this couple over here has blessed my soul. Uh, it's been wonderful. It's just, it's, they're so gifted, it's disgusting. I mean, just when I think I've seen it all, then homeboy comes up and shares the gospel while you know, come on, come on, man! <laughs> you know, I can't even walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> so that was that was great. That was really, really great. And let's pray for them. I mean, all these gifts and abilities, God's got some special things in store, and God's using them in a great way. And let's just continue to pray that He'll open magnificent doors for them and leverage leverage their lives. The other thing, too, is that uh, I saw these kids coming up here. They look like angels coming up here, but 
uh, they were ruthless when I was in that Duncan thing. thing. Yeah, it was just kind of like, y'all got some nasty children. I'm just saying, brother. <laughs> they wanted to kill us, man. The little sucker got fire in his eyes. <laughs> you know, so, at any rate, yeah, mm-hmm. It's been, it's been good. It's been, it's been so good. My wife's not with me this evening. She, she's, uh, it's sort of like a little mini family reunion. She's got, uh, uh, spending some time with her sister and her two brothers over here in Philly, and they're going to uh, eat crabs and hoagies and all of that, but yeah, they can keep the hoagie based on what we ate tonight, so y'all just keep the hoagie. So, you know, it doesn't compare. But she, I know she would say thank you. She's had a great time. It's been really, really sweet. I um, appreciate your prayers for, for me and for us. Uh, um, there's a lot on my plate right now. I made a transition from the church back in 2021 and started an organization called Beyond Our Generation. And uh, God's been really good to me early on in my life. The Lord raised up uh, um, Christian people and leaders and folks who saw things in me that I didn't see in myself and invested in me. And, and I, I want to do the same. And so a bunch of what I'm doing right now is pouring into younger leaders. I, I teach at a uh, visiting professor at three seminaries and do some more writing and speaking and this kind of thing. And I just want to make sure that I'm leveraging my life the best way. So pray that God will give me wisdom to know what to say yes to and what to say no to and this kind of thing. And a little balance there. I need to spend a little time with my grandkids. They're getting old and this kind of thing. And, you know, it's, uh, they, they're, they're a joy to be with. And, uh, uh, they love the Lord, and uh, they like to have fun, and uh, it's delightful chaos when we're all together, and a whole bunch of them, but it's fun. But pray that God will help me to, to uh, use the time that he's given to me uh, in the best way, the best way possible, the best way possible. Well, we're talking about prayer, and uh, we all struggle with prayer in one way or another. Uh, I don't know of any Christian who is who would, who would say that they're perfectly consistent in their prayer life. And one of the major reasons why we struggle so much with prayer is the fact that it intimidates the devil to no end. Because when you think about it, prayer is about tapping into heaven's resources and bringing it to bear on what we're faced with. And it's talking to God. And it's more than a cliche that the devil shakes when he sees even the, the weakest saint on, on, their, on their knees. We're doing this a little acrostic here, or acronym technically. Uh, Acts, uh, the four elements of effective prayer, portrait of effective prayer. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Uh, supplication is what we're going to talk about tonight. But my definition of prayer is that prayer is the expression of our life's dependence upon God. I've been saying this repeatedly, and I want to connect this hose until we grab it in our hearts and lives. We were born, we were born, we were born, we were born, we were born to depend upon God. There's no such thing as a Christian who's an independent contractor. No such thing. There's no such thing as a Christian who does its own thing, or her own thing, uh, and, and, and expects to live a vibrant Christian life. At a certain point, we have to embrace the reality that what Jesus said in John 15, 7, apart from me, you can do 
nothing. We've got to believe that. And it's only at the axis of that point, that, that point in our lives, where we fully understand that apart from him, we can't make it. That's when our Christianity takes on a supernatural dimension. But it's only when you get to that point. That's why brokenness is a gift. That's why brokenness is a gift. We need permanent handicaps in our lives to keep us dependent upon God. And prayer is the expression of that life dependence upon him. Now, we move through this, this acronym, and I've said this repeatedly. I, I don't like little cliches and this kind of thing, little cute statements, what have you. Sometimes they're, they're, I can, they're a little bit artificial, but this one I, I'm drawn to because I do believe it, these are the four pillars of effective prayer. Prayer is really about God. It's not so much about me. Prayer is really about my alignment with him and not ultimately what I want. Even though needs are there, we're going to get into that this evening. So we begin, we begin with adoration. We first of all understand, who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? We're talking to the Ancient of Days. We're talking to the God of the universe. And adoration focuses, as I said the other evening, and each night, the adoration focuses on love, fear, and sacrifice. When we see God for who he is, we love him. But there's also this fear, this healthy fear of him. This recognition, no, 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 that uh, he's everything that I'm not. He has come near to me, and he requires holiness. And then there's sacrifice, the giving over of myself to him. So when you adore someone, it's like a great marriage, by the way. I adore my wife. I love her. And by the way, and I don't mean this as a joke, there's a healthy fear. No, I'm serious. No, 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 it's not a joke. Fear in the sense that I don't want to violate my wedding vows. I don't want to damage her. I don't want to do anything to violate her confidence in me. Amen. And sacrifice, meaning that I understand that intimacy has a price. Oneness has a price. And so to adore God, it's pretty much the same way. Let me hasten on here. Confession has to do with the whole idea of sin. When we adore him, there's this stark contrast. <laughs> He's everything that I'm not. And sin, sin separates us from him. No, not ultimately in terms of our position in him, but sin separates us from him in terms of our interaction, our fellowship, or being on good terms relationally with him. And sin silences God. So we, we've got to walk in the light. We've got to embrace the reality of repentance that we are repenters. Now, last night I talked about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in the Bible is not the same as our thanks. Thanksgiving in the Bible is lodged in the concept of gratitude. 
It's lodged in the concept of gratitude. You can say thank you, but not be truly grateful. Well, that's not so in the scriptures. It is lodged in this idea of, of, of gratitude, and gratitude presupposes humility. You can't be grateful and entitled at the same time. You can't be that. Proud people are not grateful people. Pride and gratitude, they cannot coexist. So we, we, Thanksgiving is the expression that we don't deserve the blessing and the benefits that God showers over us. Now it's against this backdrop we talk about the fourth and the final pillar of this portrait of effective prayer. Now we get to supplication. 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 God releases his power and resources, again, because of our humble dependence upon him. Now, when we pray, if you bow your head when you pray, if you close your eyes when you pray, if you kneel when you pray, if you have laid prostrate on the ground when you pray, those are the expressions and the positions of supplication. Technically, that's what it is. Um, the Greek word for supplication literally means to lack or to be in need of. Um, Supplication is urgent prayer that expresses my deep desperation for God to act. That's what supplication is. That's what it's all about. It, the, the, the word means that I, I feel my lack. I feel the gap. I feel the burden. It's a strong desire. You, 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 you can't separate supplication from emotion. Um, supplication is a form of prayer by which we earnestly and humbly ask God to provide with a sense of urgency. With a sense of urgency. Let me describe it even more if I can. Supplication has to do with passion intense prayer. It involves the disposition of our hearts and our emotions. It expresses the depth of our desperation and our seriousness when we pray. When we pray. Supplication is the expression of our seriousness, urgency, passion, when we pray. Let me give you a little illustration. Um, you ever have a child that's so much like you, it's pathetic? <laughs> that youngest son of mine is, gosh. In fact, in fact, when I get on Karen's nerves, she calls me Brendan Jr. That's his name is Brendan. But at any rate, that's a different story. I shouldn't even get into that. But um, when Brendan was uh, about 18 months old, 
And for the life of me, I don't know why I didn't have in a, in a, in a stro or the stroller or whatever the thing was. We were in this uh, store at, at the mall, just the two of us, me and Brendan. And, uh, and I was, I don't know what I was looking at, shirts or something. And, and I, you know, I kind of I kinda had them and then, then I put them down uh, and I got distracted. I was looking at his shirts. And all of a sudden I turned around and he was gone. He was, bam, he's gone. Now, I wasn't going to come home unless I, you know, he's gone. If I can't find him, I'm gone too. So, you know, it's just like, and all of a sudden, my reason for being in that store changed. Shirts were categorically irrelevant. All of that was irrelevant. I had to find that boy. And so I'm raising my voice. I'm going nuts. And they say, well, sir, what's wrong? What's wrong? I need to find my son. That's what's wrong. My life depends on it. I need to find this boy. How serious are we when it comes to God answering our prayers? How serious are we? To many of us, the way we pray, prayer is just a hobby. It's sort of a rote regurgitate. I mean, it's sort of like a tradition. It's like, I, this is what Christians do. And, you know, and, and, I, and I, I tell you, I am guilty of this. This has happened, I don't know, it happened the other day. Karen and I were talking around the dinner table, and she, you know, we were just talking and carrying on, and I, and I, you know, and I said, that, did I bless the food? The very fact that I had to ask that I bless the food shows you how pedestrian I was about prayer. But supplication says, no, 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 prayer is an urgent matter. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're in sackcloth and ashes every time you pray, but there's great, there's great intentionality when we pray. Who are we talking to? Do you really want God to meet that need? How serious are you about overcoming that problem? How serious are you about that healing? How serious are you about that provision? How serious are you about that prodigal child repenting and coming home? How serious are you about overcoming that sin in your own personal life? How serious are you? I've pastored for a number of years. I've been at this thing for a long time. And I have to say, most of us are not that serious. And we're not that desperate. Now that's supplication. I want to contrast that with intercession. Intercession is a kind of supplication. Intercession, they're prayers that intervene on behalf of someone, even for yourself. We'll get to that in a second. But supplication encompasses them both. Supplication encompasses passion and intercession. First of all, let's talk about passion for a while. Now, when I say passion, I don't necessarily mean that you're emotionally out of control. That's not what I'm talking about. When I talk about passion, I'm talking about deep, focused desire. And many of us will express that in different ways, with different makeup and this kind of thing. But passion has to do with the seriousness and the focus of my, my attention in my life. Passion does not express hopelessness. Passion expresses biblical desperation. Now, I, I alluded to this the other day. There's a difference between desperation and despair. 
from a secular perspective, despair is hopelessness. Hopelessness, but biblically, desperation is a wonderful thing. Desperation means that I've got to urgently get to Jesus. I've got to urgently get to the source. It's like the woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years. She hemorrhaged for 12 years. That is a remarkable story. Let me just paint that for a while because it really, really puts in perspective what I'm talking about. This woman had this issue of blood for 12 years. Spent everything that she had. You know the story. Here's that Jesus is coming along. She's, she's down on her knees, inconspicuous. She says, if I, could just, if I could just touch the fringe of his garment. You know why she was down on her knees? Because of the Levitical code, she was untouchable because she was bleeding. And she knew that if people saw her, they would push her away. So she's down inconspicuous. She said, I, I, I don't want to come in contact with him. I would be violating... The, the, the Levitical called the law, but if I could, if I could just, if I can just, if I could just touch his fringe of his garment. All these people are surrounding Jesus, hundreds, maybe, maybe, maybe a thousand or so. The text says that they are bumping up against. And Jesus says this, who touched me? To me, this is one of the humorous passages in the Bible because Peter goes, um, it's a lot of people bumping up against you. And in so many words, Jesus says, no, 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 no. You don't get it, Peter. They handled me. She touched me. What was the difference? Desperation. Desperation. And that's what supplication is. You get on your knees, you fall on your face, you bow your heads, you close your eyes. Why? You're expressing to God, I really want this. I'm desperate. So this passion, this desperation, uh, this attitude, is directed, I would say, and I just want to give you three illustrations. I could be here all night because, in a sense, all of prayer, meaningful prayer, is tied. This desperation, folks, is driven by faith. It's driven by confidence in our great God. It's driven by seriousness. But this, 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 this power of supplication focuses upon, number one, a pathway to personal peace. Pathway to personal peace. We quoted Philippians 4, 6, and 7, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. I want you to notice something in that passage, however. Did you notice that Paul is commanding an emotion? He said, oh, hold up, Crawford. I mean, how can you... You know, emotions are just involuntary responses. How, how can you command control of emotion? Well, you can. Because Paul is making the assumption that the will should give control to the emotion and direct it in its right place. He said, he commands, it's, it's, it's an imperative mood. Be anxious for nothing. Stop being overcome by anxiety. Well, what's the cure to that? 
Paul understood human nature. You, you, you can decide not to do something, and that's, that, that doesn't make any difference in the world. You're going you're gonna to end up doing it unless you do something in its place. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Your serious pursuit of God will overcome your anxiety. That's what he's saying in the text. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now the promise and the peace of God that goes beyond human comprehension. You were anxious, you couldn't sleep, you were sipping Maalox, you're upset, you're having highs and all this stuff is breaking out on you, you got high blood pressure and all this other stuff. You, all of this stuff is happening to you. And all of a sudden, you, you, you have repeatedly come to him. You've cast your cares on him. You've thrown this at him. You said, God, I really want this. Will you intervene? And God says, watch this. And the peace of God that defies human understanding shall guard your heart, your emotions, and your mind through Christ Jesus. That's a manifestation of supplication. You're really serious about this, aren't you, Crawford? You really, really, really want me to show up? in your personal life, don't you? You want me to calm the storms in your bosom. You really want me to do that. And, and you really believe I can do it? That's supplication. That's supplication. The intentional dependence on God has secured our anxiety. And God responds by dispensing his supernatural peace. All right, James, I'm tired. Are you tired? It's been crazy. <laughs> it's been and really we're just crazy. getting ready to go into a really, really busy weekend. Yep. Because there are lots of couples that are going to be coming today. They're going to be coming any minute. Any now. minute. And it's going to be our, past, our pastors. Don't go our backwards. Couples <laughs> conference with Scott and Lisa yes, Mitchell. Yes. They yeah. call themselves marriage coaches. Okay. That's nice. Are you coming to the conference? Of course. Okay. Well, that's good. I'll just leave that right Will there. Will you be here? Uh, yeah, I'll be here with my wife. Amen. Praise God. We have a dinner concert tomorrow night. Allison Durham Spear will be here sharing her ministry. Looking forward to that. The Duffields will be here sharing worship throughout the weekend. Joyce will be leading worship and we'll have well. all, Ed and I will have all kinds of activities for you guys, so it's going to be a really fun weekend. Okay. So you do know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to call and want to know what we're joking about. You think? Yeah. So, what was your email address again? J James Serpico. J Serpico at America. R Kenny. Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love to have fun here at America's Keswick. We don't want you to miss this weekend, and I trust that you'll join us next week on Monday for worship live at 1:30. Check out all the good things that are happening here at America's Keswick by visiting our website www.americaskeswick.org. Have a great weekend. God bless you.